I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Leicester Live. We've done it, lads. We've done it. Yeah. Three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks with my new team, and we've already won the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. uh, joking, of course. Welcome uh, to Charlton Live. It's the big match preview, the final big match preview of the season. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley are Tom Wallen. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, all right. Thanks, Louis. Excellent stuff. And Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nathan? Yeah, living the dream. It's been an emotional year. <laughs> so you're, glad, you're glad to get to the end of it. Still oh. intact. <laughs> yeah, we all look forward to a nice new fresh squad for the new season. New manager, new squad, <laughs> and the impen- new owners. And, the, and the dare, I dare say the impending promotion that will follow. <laughs> uh, on tonight's show, we're going to talk about the, f- the uh, rumour that it sounds like Jose Riga may well be leaving the club at the end of the season. Uh, no shocks there. Uh, we're going to talk about what's coming up this Saturday uh, in terms of protesting. We're going to talk about a protest that's happened, that's, that will come out today. The fact that a sponsor has decided to stop sponsoring the club and start sponsoring Card. Uh, we're going to talk about the fact there's no trophy presentation. And we are going to look ahead to this uh, this uh, Saturday's game with Burnley uh, fairly pointless game for us. It's more target practice for the fans in the stands. But uh, that's what we're going to look ahead to. But right, first things first, we've heard today, uh, well, over, over the last couple of days, the Times first reported it in the South London Press, following up with the fact that it sounds like Jose Riga's uh, won't be here uh, as of next season. Anyone who heard his um, interview at the Play of the Year dinner, or his, uh, his speech, really, at the Play of the Year dinner on Sunday, if you listen to our, our last podcast, you'll hear it in there after one hour and 37 minutes. Um, it, everyone said Is at the time... that how long it lasted? <laughs> that's, that's how long it felt. <laughs> it, it said at the time that... Um, he, uh, it, everyone said at the time it sounded like a leaving speech. Um, and, well, it looks like it may well have been. I mean, surprised, Tom? Uh, not particularly, no. A bit disappointed. Um, like I said, I, I wanted him to stay purely because I think under this ownership we weren't going to get anything better than that. Um, but, no, I'm not surprised. I would assume it's the same as every other manager we've had. Uh, he's wanted a bit of a say in transfers and who we bring in over the summer, and I'd imagine he's been told he's not going to have that say. And So that's that. On yeah. the other hand, you look at... Um, his aim was obviously to keep us up that would have been the aim he came in with and he's not done that so um, I think like I said midweek I think from a logistical point of view you could say well he hasn't met his aim but on the other hand you know he's not had a lot of time he has sort of changed the squad around and you think a bit of consistency might actually be a good thing but yeah that's not how this owner works is yeah, it? I guess, yeah I guess yeah for, for, for a lot of teams getting relegated is a sackable offence yeah but, um, yeah, you, you could say that a, a bit of stability. I mean, he, he talked a lot about the the uh, when we asked him after we got relegated whether he'd be in next season. He talked about a lot about the context of what what context he's going to be in. So to me, that that did sound like he was suggesting that he he wanted a, di- a certain way of working, and and perhaps the owner wasn't willing to provide him with that. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting if he um, if he gets paid off for his full contract because he was bought in on an eighteen month, wouldn't he? Yeah, well, assume he'd have to be, wouldn't he? So yeah, I mean, 
uh, that's probably why he, he probably pushed for that 18 months because he sort of knew well I'd imagine he, he would have known from day one he weren't going to stay here past the summer anyway so I think he's been quite shrewd in that but um, yeah I mean I don't think anyone expected him to stay beyond next season though even though we all said before on the show that we probably want him here if it's not going to be you know an established experienced manager in the championship well league one now so it's going to be even harder so it'll be interesting to find out who who he's got uh, who Roland's got on his radar if it ain't Johnny <laughs> well they'll see after the, uh, <laughs> the the player of the year dinner Johnny Jackson said he's going to do his best to try and help uh, help the, uh, the, the the club get in the right sort of players and Chris Solly talks a lot about the right sort of characters which I thought was quite poignant as well because he obviously felt that the right sort of characters haven't been here this season but, but coming back to Jose I mean He's um he's a man who's clearly a glutton for punishment in terms of the sort of jobs he takes. I mean, you look at the fact he's worked under uh, under Roland what three or four times now, and in, in the middle we had a little holiday up in Blackpool with the Oysters. Uh, people, are, I, was, I remember suggesting at the start uh, when, when he came back, perhaps that he was um here, you know, here because he loves the club. He might be a bit of a rebel, but at the same time, I guess he, he was probably desperate for work and just happy to take any old job. Yeah, I think any manager's going to want want work and. Um... I think there's going to be a certain selection of, of maybe British-based managers who aren't so prepared to take the job and are going to wait for something better to come up. But for someone like him, it's perhaps an easy way back into work. And I do think he did have an affinity with this club the way he kept us up last year. And I do think he, he thought he could do that again. But as he said early on in the rain, the challenge was a lot harder this time. And uh, he wasn't able to do it, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I'm sure, you know given how he's worked for Roland several times before I'm sure he'll be back in some capacity in one of his other clubs or something do you really think do you, I mean because like I say if it is about the context of that sort of thing and he is saying I'm, I'm out of here or do you think that maybe that's just his way of protecting himself who knows uh, I, no I don't think it is with him I, I think I can see that point of view but I I really do think he, he wanted a summer you know he, he didn't get a summer with us here last time and, and he's not had a summer here again and I think uh uh, you know, I don't, who's to say who he might have brought in? But you, you know, the rumor is he had a big say to Shera coming over, and he obviously has done done really well over this second half of the season. So I would have liked to see him have a chance and see who he could bring in. But I feel he probably wasn't going to get that opportunity, and, and he's chosen he's chosen or they've chosen to part ways with him. Yeah. Um, Rich Corley in, in the South London Press about a uh, story about Riga says it's thought that one of the central issues was being able to have a greater influence over the players' boarding. Uh, during a summer which was going to be hugely important in shaping the addict's hopes of mounting an immediate promotion assault. So, yeah, that, I guess that's the feeling that's out there is that perhaps he has been told. I mean, and, and if that is the case, I mean, what is going on? Why are we still in this situation where it hasn't worked so so consistently, it hasn't worked, and, and we're still having this issue where a manager's being told that, oh, you know, you know, we, we still got our, our, our scouting system or whatever it is, and, and, and you won't have the, the, the full say that you need... How are we in that situation still? Yeah, I don't. Know. I mean, if he's actually been, um, if he's been sacked, I'd love to have. I'd love to know, you know, the reasons that they put to Jose of why he's been sacked. You know what I mean? So like, oh yeah, you didn't really do well with a load of <clears throat> players that aren't really good enough. You know, you should have been able to stay up in this league with a team that's not very fit and not very good. So, do you know what I mean? I mean, how can you sort of penalise the guy for again? Because he came in last time and he had a squad that he couldn't really change. And um, I don't know. It's just I don't. Know, I feel I feel a bit sorry for him, but I, I think we all knew it was coming. You know, I think we all knew it was coming. But um, yeah, like you said, I don't know what's going on. But that's the danger. That's the danger of being in this network, isn't it? The fact that Roland is so 
trigger happy with his firings. I guess if if you if you are willing to be part of the network, and I said, I mean, Jose has tried to distance himself from the network. I remember in his press conference on the first day back, he said, "I'm not part of the network." But the fact that you keep popping up and it suggests you probably are, um, even even if he perhaps like to keep his distance, um, that is the risk because this uh, Roland fires managers. I mean, it's it's always the you know people. People always laugh at the other clubs who have loads of managers in a short space of time. We've become one of those now, haven't we? Yeah, and it's so frustrating. And obviously, on the uh, the Sunday show, you played back Curb's interview from, or rather, sort of speech after he'd left, and that was all I'd ever grown up with. I'd only ever known us to have that one manager. And even through, I know you know Parkinson wasn't here forever, but it felt like we gave him a good chance. And then Powell came in, and it felt under the previous owners we were giving him a good chance. And then ever since Duchatelet's come in, it's just been one after the other, apparently improving every time, but literally getting worse every time to the point where he's now been relegated. And like you say, they seem, if the reason really is that he's going because he has no say, that they're blindly sticking to this this choice that they're going to bring in new managers, not give them any say, employ players based on stats without a chief scout looking at any players and there's nothing to suggest that that's going to change just because we're going down a level. The problem of a, of a lack of chief scout at the moment. Um, when when you, The season we got promoted from League One, we'd done all our business so early. I think way before pre-season, we had the majority of that squad in. And don't forget, we made a hell of a lot of signings that year. Uh, we'd done it all before, before pre-season. The fact that we haven't even got a chief scout who's not currently out there you know perusing the menu seeing 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 what we'd like to pick up suggests that we, we could all, already be falling behind the likes of Bolton or Sheffield United or the the bigger teams down there who who might be looking looking at the sort of players you need to get out of league one yeah going back to that you know with um we managed to get all our business done early because quite a, i think quite a fair few were on freeze weren't they um or they weren't for a lot of money so when when a team like Charlton come down and you go to a, a club looking at a player going, you know, I want this player, it's an attractive proposition for that player. So if we're, now we're going down, is a player going to look at us in the same light, even if they are on a free or on a cheap? I don't. I wouldn't. If I was a footballer, I'm looking at Charlton thinking, no, I saw that for a game, so I ain't going there. I said it like so. We're going to be full well behind. I'd say we're probably in the lower half. With the lower 12 yeah I mean I said it about Blackpool the other day I mean they, they do still get players I mean you'd think no one would want to go to Blackpool they still got players but look at the sort of players they got the They're sort of players though. that sort of players that were getting them relegated into League 2 mm. thankfully we don't have to go there again but um, <laughs> I enjoyed that weekend <laughs> Yeah, the Tuesday night I had in Blackpool, even though we won <laughs> last season. Isn't, yeah. Although we have got, it's, it's either going to be Blackpool or Fleetwood, so we're going to have to go to Blackpool either way. But, <laughs> um, but in terms of replacements, um, there's a, a couple of names have been bandied about at the moment. And I, I heard this name about three weeks ago, but um, my, my source who rang me up and told me it had been out at a dinner party with a youth, one of the youth players' dads. And uh, it sounded like he'd been drinking, so I thought I oh, probably just made it up. So I sort of discounted it at the time. Sorry if you're listening, Crispy. And, um, <laughs> and uh, uh, but the same name's kind of Chris Wilder, um, Northampton manager. Now my initial reaction to this was, you know, why would he want to come with us? I mean, he's he's just got Northampton promoted from League Two as champions against all the odds. Um, considering they had real issues with their owners, I think they they ended up getting sold halfway through. It looked like they at one point it looked like they might even go and bust. But throughout with all that going on in the background, he's actually gone and won League Two at a canter. Mm. Uh, so if if he does like working with crackpot owners, he's probably come to the right place if he is going to work with us. But at the same time, just the fact that the names out there doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to come at all, does it? 
I mean, he he had a stint at Charlton as a player, didn't he? Yeah, loan stint, I think I read, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I mean, I don't know if they're, <laughs> they're looking at Wilder going, right, I think he played about eight games or something, so he knows the club inside out. It's not the Roger <laughs> Johnson situation. Maybe they're looking at him and just bringing him back as a player. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, I don't know too much about Chris Wilder, obviously, but, you know, he seems to have, um, you know, he's done a great job down at uh, Northampton, whether or not we were speaking off air about it, even if it is him, is he going to, again, is it a pro- Cholton a proposition for a manager or a player to go, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. Like, you know, it depends how they're going to, if they're going to have to say on everything and whatever else. So we could we could put Mourinho in the picture if he wanted. I don't think Mourinho wouldn't come anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> no one would come, yeah. I don't think. But that, so. That's what I was saying off air. Is like, I remember around the time that uh, Carol Fry got sacked. Uh, there was noises coming out in the Daily Mail and, and elsewhere saying, "Oh, you know, Charlton looks like Charlton are going to go for a British manager this time." And, and obviously, we end up with Jose. My my initial thought is, and I was saying to Tom, around the time we were we were linked with Jan again, mm. I remember asking Carol uh, on air, well, on on an interview about Jan. And he was—he just could not—he could not be subtle about it. Like it's his job to just rebuff me and say, "Oh, no, 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 whatever." But he said, "Oh, you know," he, he sort of said, "Yeah, well, you know, I can't really say anything at this time." But you know, he's a good player. And then gave me a big smile, and I was like, "Come on, man, show some subtlety." And um, <laughs> wife, well, my my view of this is is like because we're so small time now in terms of footballers and like football experience, like. The, the, these inexperienced people are getting all excited about the fact they might sign someone who's an actual manager and they're sort of going yeah we're looking at we're going to have a look at uh, Chris Wilder yeah, not that I'd like to blow my own trumpet we're going to look at Chris Wilder and then Chris Wilder's going to turn around and go no <laughs> Hey, on, mate. <laughs> That's, so, I mean, the, the, the simple fact that his name is out there doesn't mean he's going to no. come at all I think the fact that we've had so many managers and the fact that we've had so many players that have come from overseas and with a lack of knowledge I think it's partly down to the recruitment but partly that you'd have to hope that after this long they are at least like you say talking about them and mentioning these names and most of it will be down to the fact that I don't think they're really trying to get them and the other part of it must be that these managers and players are just saying no I saw somewhere the other day that John Carver was linked or applied or something at one point I don't know if that's true or not but the point is, he's okay. He's not proven himself in any way in an English ma- as an English manager. But at least he knows the league. Yeah. At least you could go to him and say, "Well, how about getting on board in the staff?" Yeah. And either we've turned him down or he's pulled out. But either way, it shows that people with any British experience or knowledge of this league just aren't interested yeah. at the moment. Well, no, yeah, I saw that. It was a guy on Twitter who's on on his. He's, he said, "I think he told me he bumped into John Carver up in Newcastle at some point in sort of January time," and he said. Um, He'd had this conversation with him, and he went he went on to LinkedIn to get confirmation from someone. We don't know if this is the real John no, Carver on LinkedIn, but it sounds it sounds like it could well be. And he said he said that he applied for um for the Charlton job. But at the same time, I, I said to this guy, well, "This sounds like John Carver being quite inexperienced, and just wanted to show that, just trying to make sure his name sounds relevant by telling random fans that he applied for jobs and stuff." <laughs> I think he is though, because uh, he was on Five Live one time, and they asked him about a job. I can't think who it was, and he said, "Yeah, I'd applied for that as well." Yeah. So I think he is a little bit. He's just a bit, maybe a bit desperate for work. But yeah. by the by, he is—he has got experience of British leagues. You know, he's by all accounts, from the sound of things, a good assistant manager. Whether you want mm. him as a manager is a different concern. But the fact that he didn't even get anywhere near becoming yeah, a manager yeah. just shows again the inexperience, or like you say, <laughs> perhaps the. Well, that's, just the naivety. That's what we know about about this club is that we we don't look outside. I mean, no. I remember when when Katrine was talked about, we had that conversation on the on the train with the fan coming back from Watford after the five nil. She was talking about the, the twenty applicants and Alan Kerb saying, "Oh, you know, and your your hero Alan Kerbishley was one of those." 
But that means nothing. Like I say, if I applied for that job, then we would have had 21 applicants. Yeah. It doesn't mean they have to consider me, and I'm fairly confident they didn't. I think I heard when uh, when Guy got the job that there was three people interviewed for that job, and that was Guy Luz on Jose Riga and Carol Fry. <laughs> That's the three I heard. And, and that was, they've all had their turn. And they've all had a go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, imagine, uh, imagine being third in that list. <laughs> And, and then still getting the job, and then oh, I don't know. So it, yeah, the, the fact that the just the simple fact that these names are out there doesn't mean anything really. I mean, Simon Clark is another name that's been mm-hmm. mentioned, done very well with the. I mean, don't, he started this this season with the under 18s when Yorley got bumped up to uh, assistant. He went up to the under 21s and continued doing a good job. When Yorley then turned turned down the full time assistant's job, they or the first team coach job, even they swapped places. So Yorley's gone back down 21. Simon Clark's gone up to. 18s. I mean, there's in terms of experience of managing a, a championship level. Obviously, he has little to none. Um, you'd have about three months worth of being the first team coach. So you, you'd you'd look at the positives. Apparently, he's got the respect. He, he is a respected coach at the club. Very well respected. Um, he he would know the English game better than the likes of Riga and Carol Fry. But he is inexperienced at the same time. So mm. I think. Uh, and I don't know this, and the only real kind of proof we've got is is someone like Chris Powell. But I think we're we're a club that deal more with the sort of feel good factor and the atmosphere around the club than actually having someone who's experienced. You look like someone like Chris Powell, and you look at obviously what Leicester have done, which is miles away but from what we can do. But there they are bringing in players who are bigger than the some you know some of their parts. You know they're a collective group, and I think if someone from the youth set up, you know, Yule and Clark or someone was to come in, they were to bring in players with a point to prove, which is the point we go back to again and again and again about Powell's League One side. You know, that feel-good factor, that starts to filter through the fans and the club itself just grows as like as one, like a big individual. But at the moment, it's just so broken. And even if you bring in, let's say we'd have brought in Warnock, OK, his championship experience would have made a big difference. But I don't see us as that sort of club. We're a club that works together and always has done, and, and that's the bit that's missing at the moment, and that's the bit that someone like Simon Clark could bring. But again, I just don't see it happening because that's not how this this ownership operates. Well, the, the potential reason they might bring Clark in is the fact that they're already paying him, so it wouldn't yeah, be any cheap. extra money. And we know Roland's very insistent; they don't like to spend the dollar unless like, it's Sar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at which point he flashed the dollar <laughs> like a madman. Um, yeah, uh, so I mean, if you had a choice of the managers that are out there at the moment, is there any? Um, <clears throat> the one I like. Here we the, go. The, the, well, the one I like, but he is—I don't know if he's still in the game. I don't—I ain't seen him around. He's Billy Davies. <laughs> no, I'm right. We're off. <laughs> we looked at him, didn't we? When we yeah, got when, was we, it when yeah. we got Dowie. Yeah, no. I—I—I I, I just like he's um, what's his what's the word? I just like he's sort of uh. I'm, I'm looking forward to hear this. Yeah, <laughs> arrogance. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something. I'm just trying to pick one random manager and try and sort of put him forward to the job. Because he ain't going to get it anyway. I'm trying. Yeah, I just like him because he's Scottish. <laughs> there we go. Small. It's quite short. To be honest, That's I've Gordon's not really thought. Yeah. yeah, I've not. Really, to be honest, I haven't. In all seriousness, I haven't really thought. I mean, if we had to give it to someone, it would be someone like you know Simon Clark. But I'd still go with JJ. I'd I'd give it to JJ all day long. Nah, he's got no, he's got no coaching experience. I'd still get, I mean, yeah. nor, nor did Carol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we gave him three months. Yeah, <laughs> Tommy, you got anyone out there you like? Not, I, I, I haven't really thought about it because it's pointless. Nah, not really. I mean, under this ownership, no. 
Um, it's, like are, it's, it's like being in the queue at McDonald's and like being asked what you want for dinner at, at the Ritz. It's like yeah, it yeah. Happen. yeah. I uh, uh, there are people I'd like. I'd love Pal to come back one day. Uh, I think he's got unfinished business here. Clearly, um, like uh, Nath, I'd like one day Jacko to be there. I think Yule and Clark have both done excellent jobs with the youth team and both deserve a chance here. And as I say, they would add to the sort of feel good factor around the club but under this ownership I don't want any of them as I say I wanted Riga because I thought he was the best we're going to get and he looks like he's off so you know Vignovic here he come oh yeah we haven't even mentioned the Bosch of Vignovic's name who's, uh, the, who's the Alcacorn manager maybe you owners think yeah we're going to bring the Alcacorn manager I have to admit my, my knowledge <laughs> of the network isn't, isn't as good as um, he wants to bring some Carol Spanish Price, player yeah. over to League One so he's going to get an Alcacorn <laughs> manager what well, his name is we had that Alcacorn player follow me on Twitter and, and the club a while ago and then and was trying to uh, beg me to send the club videos of himself playing football. <laughs> Wait, fits in with does he fancy a job as a manager instead? Wait, a chief scout. Yeah, chief scout, man. Yeah. He, he could do all three. Yeah. He could do all player, chief scout, and manager. Yeah. Right, well, uh, we'll hope, maybe by Sunday we'll know. Who knows? But anyway, we'll be back in, uh, in, in a minute or so and we're going to talk about uh, a, uh, a protest that's been announced today. Charlton Live is the big match previews. We're going to look ahead to Saturday's game with Burnley uh, later on in the show. Right, it was announced today by Card, the coalition against Ronan du Châtelet, that one of the club's uh, uh, sponsors, Axis Europe, uh, Axis Europe PLC, they were uh, they used to be the tunnel sponsors here up until 2015. Uh, that they've uh, they, they they stopped sponsoring the club. I think. It, uh, in, in, like I say in 2015 so probably at the start of this season because they felt they didn't like the direction the club was going in and they obviously I think I think they uh, they moaned in the voice of the valley there was some sort of bad sort of customer service or customer relations in terms of them coming back so they, they just sort of did, decided not to um, but they, they've decided today to whereas they're no longer sponsoring the club they now have decided to sponsor the coalition against Ronan du Châtelet which is um, obviously is, is, is good in terms of protest fund money I guess and there'll be uh, a four figure fun, uh, four figure sum apparently that's, that's gone into the, the protest but so on that side it's good but the, the other thing is, is it's quite a big thing when commercial partners of the club are saying that we're not happy with what you're doing because you know you assume that Roland's in it for the commercial aspect of the fact he can make a lot of money if all of a sudden one of these commercial partners is taking that money away and giving it to someone else who's directly against Roland that's going to put him under a lot of pressure yeah <laughs> I mean um you know what Axis done is great because obviously <clears throat> they're spending a fortune. Obviously they don't want to put it in the hands of people that are, you know, taking the club in the wrong way. And you know, fair play to them to doing that and giving it to Card. But um, well, hopefully other sponsors will follow suit and you know, uh, not you know, give it to Card or give it to any other the protest ones or whatever. But you know, I think it's a great thing, and I don't think it's the only the only thing is I don't think it's going to make a blind bit of difference. I think the arrogance of them. I don't think it's going to touch the sides of them, to be honest with you. I don't. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. Can you be that bothered? Because you could say, like when you said about the. The customer service thing—I don't even think they rung them or anything. I think they just wrote them an email or a letter. I, I, I could be wrong, but it was something stupid like that when they're trying to get that much yeah, money. In. It's interesting you say that you don't think it will affect them because uh, that, that's what a lot of people say about various different processes. Like, oh, you know, throwing a beach ball—that's not going to affect them. Mm. Like, people look at everything individually, but I guess when you, when you look at all the things adding up, that's the sort of pressure that they're trying to build. And they talk about making the club un- unmanageable, and this is just one uh, one sort of aspect of it, I guess. Yeah, and I think. Um They've talked before about how much I can't remember exactly the figure. Is it a million pound a month he's supposed to be putting into the yeah, club? Yeah, they mentioned that to the fans so forum thing. Let's say it. we do take that as as the truth. He's putting in a million pounds a month. The season ticket sales we know are going down. The card protests, obviously, the delays to the games. If there's any potential fines as a result of that, sponsors pulling out all of this stuff together. You know, it is costing him a lot of money and. Whilst you should never be in a football club really to make money, he's still even you know at his age and with the amount of money he's got, he's not going to want to invest in something and just lose money over and over again. But the more things like this happen, like Nave says, the more sponsors that pull out, you know, it is going to start to have an effect. And I completely agree that I think they are blinded by their arrogance at the moment. And but at some point, surely something mm-hmm. has got to wake them up and make them realise just exactly how bad this is, and they've got to realise they're not getting anywhere. Mm. A card statement which was released to Chatwin Live earlier on today uh, had a quote from uh, Axis's chief executive and it says he's a lifelong Charlton fan called John Hayes. He says, uh, I'm not prepared to do <coughs> anything for the current regime. We used to be everyone's second favourite club. Now we're just a joke. As a business, you couldn't mess it up more than this if you had deliberately tried. And then a card spokesman said, we continue to talk to the club's current and former sponsors and we know that others are also deeply unhappy with the regime we are very grateful to john and to axis for their financial support this weekend and with former directors and players also expressing their unhappiness is yet another indication for the outside world that the wider charlton family is united in its opposition to the current board the regime is isolated and it's time the owner got the message that he will never win back the trust of the majority of fans the only way forward is for him to sell the club so that's what they're talking about they're They're hoping that this isn't going to be the only sponsor who pulls out. Yeah, I mean that's uh, yeah, and that's what we sort of both alluded to is that we need <clears throat> obviously we need a few more to to really hit home because I do I still think the arrogance of them both. I mean, yeah. every, you know, everything that's happened, they just sort of I don't know. They seem to smirk at it. Yeah, sweep under the yeah. carpet. <laughs> so I think if everyone done it, I think yeah, it's going to hit them financially. And, and then, that's why the the fact that Card sponsored the. Uh, sponsors day at the training ground in the Valley a few weeks ago didn't they they were trying to persuade 
certain sponsors that they they didn't want to. And I remember, I think I remember seeing a quote from someone on Twitter who said they spoke to Andrews Heat for Hire said they weren't going to renew at the time. And uh, the uh, whoever who was it who owned the the Auto Electrics or whatever it was called, the one that had the box here and they had the Pinocchio posters up. Yeah. And then they were told, they were asked by the club not to put Pinocchio posters up. So the next game they all came dressed as Pinocchio instead. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was funny. Um, so so you know three or four sponsors taken away. You know think about how much money that is straight away. And like you say, if he is putting in a million pounds a month, he want to recoup as much of that as possible. Especially considering that his mantra is to try and create a break even football club. Uh, every time that someone takes money out of his pocket, it's going to hurt him. Yeah, I think that that's on the one hand. The difficulty is that obviously for every bit more he loses, you know it's a bit like a gambler. You gamble it to try and make it back. So. He might be thinking, right, well, I'm losing more and more and more. Now I need to get us back into the championship and then I'll consider selling. Or now I need to get us here and then I'll consider selling. Or now I need to sell three big assets so that I can make some money back before I sell. So that's the worry. But, uh, you know, if we do keep making it unmanageable at some point, even if he gets to that stage, something's got to click at some point and he's got to realise that that people aren't happy with him anymore. And and it's going to show. It's going to hit his pocket at some point. Yeah, he'll have to sell. He'll have to sell the assets to recoup some of money. So you know, you're thinking of cousins Lutman and Saar. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I wondered how long before the penny drop. No, but he, 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 in seriousness, he has got to, hasn't he? And that's and that's the thing. The thing what we're all sort of worried of um, is obviously adding that staying. But yeah, hopefully we get a few more pulling out, and mm. he just goes away I mean this, sure, this pressure has to tell at some mm. point doesn't it surely 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 I mean I spoke in my piece that I had in the paper this week I said towards the end I sort of talk about the the protest with the beach balls and I think like when when your customer base has the I mean if, I'm sure every business really knows this but the, the, if, if their customers ever turned on them they could do what they want but when your customer base has the ability to literally stop what you're supposed to do as a business and that's play football or in our mm. case, try to play football. You know, if, if your customers can literally stop you doing that, whether it's only for a small amount of time or if they decide to change things into a bigger amount of time, surely you know that you don't hold the power, really. I mean, no matter how long you try and hold on to it, the the, the Charlton fans will hold the power eventually. Yeah, completely. You're, they're going to have the... Uh, the owners are going to claim to have all the financial power and, you know, that's what Kachin said about, you know, the the ticket sales being such a small amount of revenue, but it's not just the sales. It's smaller now. <laughs> yeah, and it's not it's not just about that. It's the fact that those who do pay the money once they're in the ground have a lot of power and on what happens in the ground too. And like you say, all of these things pulling together, you've just got to hope that at some point it clicks and, and they just get out of here. But that point hasn't happened yet. Um, who knows? You know, we've got a big summer ahead of us. Who knows what's going to happen then? But... I'd imagine that if the situation is no better by August, and let's face it, I don't think any of us are expecting it to be, then nothing's going to lay up. You know, I'd imagine Card are going to keep keep going, probably through the summer as well, and, and this just has to continue, and, and we'll get our club back. Yeah, and I dare say they'll have something planned during the summer. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And uh, well, well, we'll find out as time progresses. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Going to talk about uh, protests far and wide. Shot, no, he tees up Lookman into the penalty area, and there's number four! Adamola Lookman back in the team, back on the pitch, and back on the score sheet.
Charlton Live. Welcome back, Charlton Live. The big match preview uh, as we look ahead to the uh, the Burnley game. Of course, uh, Burnley game is actually is quite a big game uh, for Burnley. Um, they're they've, they're already promoted, and congratulations to them. Um, but they they're, they're going for the title. You know, so it's it's, ch- it's the cherry on top. I don't think it's the end of the world if they don't get it. They'll just be more. More concerned about getting into the Premier League, which they, which they've done, but you know they are still going for the title. And then, along at the same time, you've got Middlesbrough and, and Brighton playing off up at the Riverside for that second place. Uh, it's a big game, so various people have uh, been slightly worried about what's going to happen mm. on uh, on 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 Saturday. The first, I mean, the first thing Carl Car did release a statement to say that they're you know that they're not going to try and get the game abandoned, and that, I mean, that's card. I mean, that does, card don't talk for everyone, as we know, but that's what card have said. They don't. They're not going to try and get it abandoned. So, um, the, the game's going to be played to its conclusion. But th- there's still people out there who, who, I mean, obviously, it's almost certain that surely there's going to be some sort of disruption again. I mean, do, do you do you think that's? I mean, I've I've got no problem with that. Do you think that's okay? No, I, th- I think it's fair. I mean, it, we, we've disrupted the game against Borough and Brighton. Um, and it, you know, and that and that weren't even sewn up, so you know, and they've dealt with the problem. So Burnley are already promoted, just, you know, and really care, just do what we got to do and make everyone. Because the thing is, is that the whole Burnley thing, you know, the football league have come out and the clubs come out and said, you know, you can't do this and blah. If, if you do it, you'll screw up. You know, everyone has to kick off and end at the same time. Blah blah blah. It's bringing more attention to the club, which is great. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, like I said, you know, as long as there's no safety issues or you know there's nothing nothing serious that's going to cause big problems but I mean what we've done before is absolutely fine so I'm all for it the yeah. um the, the Borough Gazette oh, strange sound I'm going to cut that out a bit right. yeah so on today's uh, on Borough Gazette the uh, the North East Premier Football website uh, for for Borough, uh, they, uh, they they had uh, some quotes from Jeff Winter today, the former Premier League referee. Now he's a Middlesbrough fan, uh, and uh, they, they 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 got him in to explain what could happen. Uh, and he said he, he basically said, yeah, that if if the Charlton fans protest, say at the start of the first half, and get the game delayed by ten twenty minutes, then they, the the football league will want the Middlesbrough and Brighton game second half to kick off at the same time as our second half. Mm. So there's every Every chance that uh, if if we get that game delayed by five ten minutes, that they're going to have to have a twenty five minute half time <laughs> just to just to just to make everything fair. And I guess that that sort of um, I mean, obviously that 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 is a big game for those two. And that sort mm. of disruption will it hurt them? Will it help them? I mean, is it something that it's because it's, because it, yeah, my argument is both two teams are going to have that disruption anyway. Mm. So they, they shouldn't really affect either team, should it? Nah, I don't think it makes any difference. Te- an extra ten minutes, they just come out, pass the ball around, keep mm. warm. It's no difference. Uh, the, uh, the thing that's like disappointed me and made me most angry about all of this is the football league coming out and talking about the integrity of their league when they've allowed people like Chilino and Oyston and Duchatelet to come in in the first place and run run football clubs, and then they're saying, "Oh, please don't throw things because the integrity of the league." Mm. You know what? The game league's played over forty six games. Burnley are up already, and Brighton and Middlesbrough have played 45 of those 46. Mm. If they can't handle a 10-minute delay to their second half, and that's what costs <laughs> them, then so be it. They've. I mean, it was a, a good point was tweeted into me by Carl Andrews uh, on on Twitter, and he said that you know a game could get delayed by 10 minutes if it starts raining too heavily. A game yeah. could get delayed by 10 minutes if someone goes down with a, a head injury or yeah. a leg yeah. in, like a bad injury. I mean, it could happen mm. for any reason. It's Absolutely, just, could also yeah. get affected as well. So if you know if, if, if the Brighton game if 
let's say Burnley weren't up, say for example, and then um, Burnley weren't up, all three of them could make it, and then we go one nil up against Burnley. That game you're going to have, going to have a massive roar, and then the players are going to go. So there's no, there's no way that you're going to be able to no. stop it all. So it's just like no. I don't know. I just think it's a bit of a load of old cobblers, really. But yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. So, so um, yeah, uh, Jeff Winter. Yeah, Jeff Winter said that he hoped that Charlton fans would respect the integrity of the competition. But my view is. Uh, the, the integrity of the competition and therefore it's important that you have teams that are managed properly and therefore yeah. putting up a fair fight and you know you, are, you talk about the integrity of the competition when it's when it seems that we've had a policy over the last few years of putting out a pretty weak team in the first half of the season and then changing it after January to having some strong players could you not mm. argue that the teams we've played when we've been poor mm. have had a much easier ride than the teams we've played when we've actually tried to make a fist of staying up definitely yeah there are teams in the middle of that season who were playing against a team who didn't have a proper manager like, <laughs> that's worse than us throwing a few beach balls on and getting yeah. getting the game delayed by 10 minutes like I say uh, I kind of agree with Nath that obviously we want everything to be safe um, and obviously Card have spoken for themselves in terms of getting the game abandoned but aside from that I think anything goes but this is about more than just a, a game of football and about more than this season and this league. It's about this club surviving and surviving in the way that it should. And I'll just say go for it, to be honest. Yeah. The, um, the, I've seen tweeted now, and I've heard this, that um, Burnley, won't, if they do win the, the trophy, they won't be allowed to have the trophy presented uh, at the Valley on Saturday. Now, this isn't, this isn't the first time this has happened. Bournemouth weren't allowed to have it presented at... Uh, Tranmere Rovers although I think they ended up not winning that game anyway but they were told beforehand that they wouldn't be allowed to have the trophy presented at Tranmere a couple of years ago when they won League One um, and and that made no difference um, obviously we did let Bournemouth were allowed last year I mean, so the thing is I, I believe I believe this is a police decision not not our club decision but possibly a football league decision but it's not Charlton have made this decision but Burnley fans seem a couple of them have seen a bit upset about what's the issue with us but I mean it's not the end of the world is it? No, they're going Premier League. Don't get too, don't get too angry, Jesus. Yeah. We'll swap if you want. <laughs> yeah. to be honest, we'll swap that if you want. But um, yeah, no, I don't. I, I would. I agree with you. Lou. I think it is a is a police one. It's because because you know the police don't know if there is going to be, you know, people going onto the pitch. I don't think there will be. But if there is, they can't have a trophy there when you know it's, it's impossible to sort of manage. So I think it's the right decision. Um, but you know, if we didn't have crazy bonkers owners, we, we wouldn't be in this situation. So hmm. right. So, uh, yeah, it'll be exciting to see what, what protests do happen uh, over the weekend. Now, uh, a couple of weeks ago, with the, we, saw, we, saw, we first saw it on the day of the Reading game. About 20 Charlton fans went out to Belgium and uh, uh, protested at St. Trudon game. And apparently, a couple of weeks ago, uh, some more were out there for another game, and, and they went out there and did, and did their thing. And they, they also, at the same time, they went around leafleting um, houses and stuff uh, in the area where they, in the area of St. Trudon, and also in an area where they understand that Katrine's from and now they, they've um, they're saying on the forum today that they've uh, they went and uh, leafleted Katrine's parents house which was <laughs> it was just quite interesting really I mean that I mean that's taking it mm. to quite a personal level isn't it yeah so I think I think that's taken a step too far I didn't know about that so I think straight well I don't know the details but to me that's that's it's pretty uncomfortable with me mm, but yeah. um you know, because it's not like you know, it's not a parent's fault. It's, it's I know it's their daughter, but you know, she's old enough to look after herself and choose whatever job she has and whatever. But yeah, I think going directly. I mean, leave it in the area where they live. Okay, fine. But I think if they've gone, if they did, they go right to her house or or they went to a house. house they went or? to a house that they they knew contained a Mister and Mrs. Mayor. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think that oversteps the mark a little bit, but um, I don't think they've done it in any malice. I don't think. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, I, it's, but I guess it's quite the, 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 um, when he's, they put it on the forum yesterday, and people saying you know you possibly overstepped the mark here, and, and whatever your personal opinions are on that mm. one, um, whether, whether they've overstepped the mark or not, and you know it's, it's up to you whether you think they they have or not. I think what what it did highlight for me is the fact that if if you're doing a protest, any protest, you need to not only think about what your personal preferences are because I know that you know there's fans out there who would love to get on that pitch on Saturday and mm. sit in the centre circle and, and they would have proved their point that they're really angry and they want to be on the pitch but you, you have to think about what you want but you also have to think about how mm. other people will look at it and I mean the, the the good thing about the process so far and the majority of the process is that people are on our side um, they, they look at the stuff we're doing it's not causing too much hassle for other teams, but it's 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 doing doing enough to get to get it in the news, and, and everyone now knows that Charlton are a club in crisis, and the fans are protesting. And everyone knows about that, and and the media are on our side. But we've already seen it with the stuff from, you know, from from Jeff Winter, and there was something from Adrian Durham a couple of weeks ago saying, you know, you got to be careful not to not to do this on on big games, and the fact that some some people will quite happily turn the tide if they think you're taking the mick a bit, and um, so that's why you got to be careful and think about. You know, if it gets out into the press that we went and leafleted someone else's house, how will that actually look? Not to you. If you yeah. if you think that's okay, that's that's what you think. But you need to sit there and think, what's someone else going to think about? Is, is Katrine going to turn this around and say, oh my god, they were annoying my elderly parents at her house, those animals and sort of things? So you have to, I guess, really, you have to think about how other things, how other people see stuff as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, even though I found you know them going over there quite distasteful, I've been. Which I do, I, you know, I do obviously respect that, you know, they're taking time out and spending money, you know, protesting for the club that we all support. So, you know, there are both sides, but, um, you know, what we don't want to do is, like you said, is get on the wrong side of the media where they just kick up a hissy fit and they, they just see us as, oh, we're just moaning because we're going down and don't see the actual bigger picture. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, it's, we just have to wait and see and about Saturday and, yeah. Hopefully it goes all right and it, nothing, nothing's too dramatic. <laughs> yeah. I think, like you say, Louis, we've had, for the majority of the season, we've had fans of other clubs on our side because I think they sympathise with us and you know they're probably just grateful that it's not their club. And I think if we were to get the game abandoned, for example, and if that did have a big effect on where the top three all finish, I can see other fans, and probably rightly so, of those three clubs perhaps distancing themselves from us. But I think, you know, a little delay here and there, you know, Burnley luckily have already got their automatic promotion. I think hopefully that's going to provide us some leeway. Um, but yeah, I suppose you do have to take into account the media as well. It's just, it's the whole integrity of the league thing has really got to me. But I do think we, we've certainly got to be aware of that wider point because we need the backing of, of other fans and the yeah. media on our side if this protest is going to I mean, really work. The, the point I was making about you need, to, you need to think about what other people make of it and not just what yourself make of it is when you look at the Middlesbrough game. I mean, the Middlesbrough game was such a good day in terms of the protest, you know, the, the funeral and the beach balls and the whistles and the, the whatnot, and, and everyone was on side of it. And I, I had the game on Sky and I, was, uh, I taped it on Sky and I, I went back and watched like the key moments. Uh, of the protest and of the game itself and obviously after the first goal and um, there was two or three pitch invaders one of whom got a bit you know got a bit aggro with yeah. uh, with some of the players and that was the only time that and, and whereas that fan sitting there thinking you know I mean for starters he's been let down by the 200 others who didn't who promised yeah. to go and it didn't but <laughs> yeah. whereas that fan's sitting there thinking yeah I've made my point I've told them they're no good yeah everyone everyone's everyone understands what my point is now the fact is he made that point in an aggressive manner mm. and therefore whereas Charlton fans will sit there going yeah you're right they haven't shown passion or they haven't done this or that the media went 
there's a hooligan on the pitch shouting at football players and, and that's the only time we ever got any negative publicity from it so no matter what no matter how you feel about something you need to think how other people are going to feel about it and it, it is important because if if we just turn into a nuisance but don't forget our, the people will get bored of the fact that Charlton are a club in crisis after a while the fact that the protests have been you know mixing up a bit and being a bit different and being quite mm-hmm. funny and means that people have been able to laugh along with it and, and enjoy it but if we if we start turning it into something that's a bit harsher and a bit then we, we risk the danger of people not having the interest and if there's no interest in it you know there's only there's only only so many stories that the papers write about how Charlton have turned into hooligans then they'll get bored and they'll stop t- they'll stop mm-hmm. talking about it yeah. yeah I completely agree and I think Card are well aware of that and everything they've been doing has been has been excellent. The, the concern is obviously though those individuals who, like you say, have their own form of protest who are going to do things that that perhaps are going to cause danger or risk or, or cause more more harm. And they're the people. Obviously, you can't control everyone, but you just got to hope that those people perhaps do take those things into account. I guess. Yeah. So just if you're thinking what you're thinking, or just think about how not only it'll, it'll make you feel better about doing a protest, but just think about how other people will, will see it as well. But there, I mean, there is a game on. <laughs> On Sat on uh, Saturday, I mean, how, how do you see our chances? Burnley uh, have got a good record against us, although we did play better than them for forty-four minutes. Quote Carol Fry up at up at Turf Moor just for Christmas. How, how do you see this one going, Les? I think we'll win. <laughs> Pressure's off now. Yeah, we played we played well at Leeds last week, so it's not out of the question. Yeah. I was joking, but to be fair, I think uh, we might do all right. But um, who knows? The pressure's off them as well. Yeah. I think I don't think they're too fussed about winning the league. They're up. They're going to be on the beach a little bit. Mm. I think you know just pretty relaxed yeah. Um, yeah I don't know I think, I think they'll score and just keep ball yeah. I think they'll just take the mick out of us I really do I, think, I don't think they're going to come at us I think they'll score a goal just knock it about for fun I think. Well, remember the Sean Dyche side that got promoted two years, was it two years ago yeah where they were they were they, they were they weren't as flary as some teams are as like the Leicester who were that season who got attack who got promoted playing really nice attacking flair football. They would they just ground out results and mm. it was really I remember the three 0 defeat we had here last time against them was a really dull game and they just they just beat us. That's all they had to do. They was just beat us and they did it quite comfortably. Mm. I uh yeah, I I don't know. I'm not really that fussed about the game if I'm being completely honest. Nah. It's not why I'm coming down but um <laughs> I'm just coming down for the protest and have a few beers. Yeah, I suppose it will give us a chance if we are going to try and look at it seriously to say goodbye to a few of the players. You know, Goodmanson. So okay, <laughs> so some of the better players. <laughs> you know, Goodmanson's maybe not been his very best all of this season, but he has given us a yeah. fair amount over the last two years, and he's probably going to be off Addy if that's going to be his last game in a Charlton shirt. You know, at least we've you know we've seen him and we've seen what a difference he can make. So. I suppose to that end, and there's also players like Solly, Jacko, who've Jordan, continued, yeah, given a lot for this yeah. club. And even if they're going to be here or not, I think they deserve a bit of support, you know, because mm. at no point I think could we suggest that they haven't put everything into trying to keep us up. Mm. All right, well, uh, well, we'll look forward to the game. I'm afraid this is our, our last big match preview podcast of the season, and it's come to an end. Uh, so uh, we, we will be back on Sunday evening for our live show where we're going to get as many people as possible into the studio uh, to to uh, <laughs> randoms re- re- not randoms <laughs> to reflect <laughs> to reflect upon the season that has been 
but yeah, this is the end of the big match preview for now. So, uh, Tom, thanks for, for joining us throughout the season on this Cheers, show. Cheers, Louis. Thanks a lot. Nathan, you, you come in halfway through, but you stay to the end, like Jose Riga. Like Rojo. Yeah. It started so well. Like, my first game was when we beat Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, it started so well, and then it sort of dwindled into nothing. Yeah, well. But yeah, no, it's much been. Much like a, the season, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's been emotional, but yeah, we left it. We'll look forward to Sunday. You're going to be around Sunday. next year, or? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I'll be about. I've got a season ticket. Yeah, I'm one of those crazy ones. But yeah. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, thanks for joining us. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been the Big Match Preview. We'll see you again on Sunday. Thanks for listening. Oh,